Well, good morning, everyone. My name is Vanessa Coakley, and I am with Empower Retirement. So welcome to our uh, financial wellness seminar. We had a little bit of a glitch with the internet, but that's okay, we're gonna make it work anyway. So you all having a great day today? So I certainly believe in being um, interactive. So please feel free to ask questions as we go along, and we will just go ahead and get started. Do you mind if we start with a word of prayer? All right, let's start with prayer. Dear Lord, we thank you for today. We thank you for our special guests. Lord God, we, we thank you for the opportunity to fellowship and to share and to learn. We ask that this meeting be a blessing, that it is easy to understand and comprehend, and that everyone in here receives some type of information that they can move forward to help them prepare for retirement. Thank you for fellowship, and thank you for family and friends. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so we're going to get started today talking about financial wellness. Can you guys, and you can hear me, okay? Maybe. Absolutely. No, but it's okay. I think it's my computer. No, I think it's, um, I think it's a VPN connection that's not going to work. Me? Yeah, I think it's I think it's my work computer that's not gonna let me in. Should be. Thank you. So it is a little hard to hear because we can hear next door. Maybe I'll just do it this way. Okay. So today we're gonna talk about um, really empowering yourself to make sure that you are financially well. How many of you today feel that you're comfortable and prepared for retirement? And understand your your financial wellness. Okay. So we have a mixed group. Some of you are comfortable with it. Some of you are not. So some of this may be familiar, and we certainly welcome those who are financially prepared to add insight to it. But what we want to talk about today is really a few things. What is financial wellness? Why does it matter? Really, how can you start to get prepared for financial wellness? And then showing you some of the tools that we have on my financial path that will assist you with that. So today, how many of you are in the... Um, Empower Retirement Plan or the Adventist Retirement Plan. Okay. So the majority of you are. So that's great. If you are, we're going to talk about our website. If you aren't, you're still going to get some um, financial tips that are going to help you. So when we think about why does finances matter, right, we know that we need to, um, from a biblical standpoint, we need to make sure that we are not in debt, that we are doing the right thing, right? From our family perspective, we want to make sure that our family's taken care of, so our children are taken care of, in addition to the fact that when we retire, we're able to retire. How many of you want to retire and not work forever, right, and do something fun? Yeah, so that, that's why it matters. And so everybody may have a different reason as to why it's important to them. And so when we think about different age groups, here's what we've heard. Millennials, they want to know what their employer is going to do for them. How many of you have children that are millennials? I have some, right? They're very direct in, what are you going to do for me? What's my short-term goal? What's my long-term goal? They're interested in paying off student debt, and they're interested in spending a lot of time on vacation, right? I have um, a 23-year-old. She goes on vacation all the time, and I don't understand how she can do that. She says she doesn't understand how I work all the time and don't go on vacation. So <laughs> there, there, there's a difference there, right? And I'm that Gen Xer. So I'm, I have those children that are in college or graduating from college. Then we have aging parents who need assistance. So we're being pulled in a lot of different directions from the financial aspect. Um, and then we have to think about retirement. 
And then we have the baby boomers. And the baby boomers are saying, I'm ready for retirement, retired, almost retired. And then can I afford this long-term process? My medical expenses are going up. What other long-term care do I have? So we know that those generational goals are different. But here's what we do know. Stress, <laughs> the number one cause of stress is money, right? It's a huge stress factor because people are trying to figure out living paycheck to paycheck, not making it paycheck to paycheck, preparing for their future, helping their loved ones out. And so if you can gain control of your financial wellness, then what we know is that you're going to have less stress, right? And so um, when we think about how do we help you gain control, you know, there are some very simple things that you do, which is a budget, right? How do you handle unexpected expenses? And what choices are you making with how you spend your money? And those things will help you determine, you know, how you can live a stress-free life. And I know that that sounds, it sounds fairly simple, but it's not, right? If you don't have enough to pay your bill, right, and we've been there, we're all stressed out because we can't pay a bill, or maybe our kids need some money that's unexpected and we aren't able to assist them, and so we feel guilty about that. That adds to our stress. So we want to help you figure out how you can alleviate your stress and, um, live financially well. And so you have to figure out that balance. What's the balance with what you need today and what you need for tomorrow, right? And so when we think about today, what are our expenses? We need to create a budget. How many of you all have a budget or create a budget? Great. How many of you have a strategy for reducing your debt? Good. And then what about saving for emergency or have an emergency fund? Okay, so we're in good shape. Now, let's, so if we know what we need to do for today, let's think about tomorrow. How many of you have a vacation planned and you've been financially saving for that vacation? I need to see everybody's hand. Everybody needs to plan for a vacation, right? Even if it's in your backyard, slipping lemonade, you need to plan that time off that you disconnect from work and just allow yourself to um, rejuvenate. And then what about like a health savings plan? enrolling a health savings plan, or then saving for retirement. So those are some things you think about for tomorrow. So the budget really helps you kind of prioritize in um, what's important for you, and people need to know exactly where their money are going. So let's talk about a budget. How many of you use an app for your budget? One. How many of you use pen and paper? Okay. Excel spreadsheet? I'm an Excel spreadsheet person myself. <laughs> And how many of you do the budget in your head? <laughs> okay, we're going to help you all out. <laughs> right? So however it is that you do your budget, you really want to make sure that you, um, your goal is what you need to pay for today for your fixed expenses, how you reduce your debt, and then how you actually save for tomorrow. And so the one thing we know is how many of you have your money being stretched in multiple ways? Because there are so many competing factors that we have that we think about our money, right? So if I, and I, I always use myself as a personal. Um, so I have a, a, a daughter who graduated from Michigan State, yay, thought we were done, right? And she just enrolled in Andrews University. How about that? So now I have an unexpected expense because she's in this accelerated program and she can't work. Now remember I told you she was a millennial, right? And so she's the kid that says, Oh, yeah, I'm quitting my job in two weeks. And I'm like, so do you have money saved? Nope. But I'm going to school. How are you going to do that? 
right? Well, mom, what are you all going to do to help? And so, of course, we want to help, you know, her dad and I, we want to help her out because we want her to be successful, but we want her to be responsible. So I offered her to move back home. She found an alternative. She did not want to come back home. <laughs> so, but she is at Andrews University. She's actually enrolled, and so she's in a summer accelerated program. Week one, she had a test, and then uh, next week, which is week two, she does midterms. Amazing, but she's loving it, so... Um, Small blessings there, but there's, there's competing dollars, right? Because now I want to help her so that she's not in financial debt, so that she can be successful in life, and maybe one day she'll take care of me or, or pay me back. Um, <laughs> and we know that never happens, right? We can raise three and four children, but they can't take care of two parents, so yeah. <laughs> Uh, but we also, that competes with vacation. So now maybe I need to adjust my vacation or maybe I want to get a new car. So there's always these competing things that are going on and you have to figure out what's most important to you. So for me, it may be helping my daughter for college and for you, it may be going on vacation, right? It, it's different for everyone. And so when we think about finding the balance, there's an easy rule of thumb when you think about how you save your money. I don't think that this one quite works for um, Seventh-day Adventists, I think you would modify it slightly, but 50% of your money should go towards your needs, right? Your basic needs, your housing, your food, medical, your tithing, right? And, um, and then 30%, it says, should go towards your wants. I think that it should be flipped. If we look at it, 30% should go for your savings, and that savings would be, you know, paying down your debt, your emergency fund, your retirement, and then 20% would go for entertainment and then towards your hobbies. You guys agree? So in the, the non-faith-based world, it's typically um, 50, 30, 20. A lot of times in faith-based, we see that switched a little bit. Does that make sense? Okay. So then when we think about um, creating your budget, we know that it doesn't have to be complicated because if it's complicated, you won't do it. And that's why I ask, what's your method? So besides those who said it's in their head, those are the ones we're working on. But everyone else, if it's an Excel spreadsheet, I, I'm on my, my phone all the time. I'm on apps all the time. I have software. I still prefer the Excel spreadsheet. It does something for me personally, right? I like to just to create it up. It, it, I monitor it. That works for me. It may not work for you. There are a lot of fancy apps. My kids use the apps for, for their budget. But the key is that you think of a budget, right? And your budget really is your income. What are you bringing in? So your paycheck, we know that's easy, but maybe you have rental income, right? Or maybe you are receiving alimony or some other money that's coming in that you want to create in your budget. And then what are your expenses and what are your goals? Those are the three main things that you need for a budget. And it's important to know how much money you have coming in. You'll be surprised when I talk to people and ask them their income and they have no idea. So that's either you're living paycheck to paycheck or you're making a lot of money and it's not important, right? But you really should know how much money you have coming in because the first thing I think that everyone needs to do for a budget is spend that painful month tracking every expense, right? Every penny. And the reason you want to track every penny is um, so you can figure out where that money's going. So if you get cash out and you go to McDonald's, um, or you go to the movies or someplace else that you're spending your money and you don't think about it. Maybe you stopped at the five, the five uh, the, let's say family dollar. Yeah, family dollar. You picked up some things for the kids or whatever. You need to track every penny. So that paycheck for that month, that those two paychecks that you track, it's painful to track every penny, but you will then begin to realize how much money you waste. How many of you all think that you waste money? 
that we can get a little better at it. And so what we want to do is help you figure out how you can shift some of that money. We still want you to have fun. So we want you to waste a little, but not as much as what you're wasting now, right? So when you look at your expenses, you're going to look at the fact that you have fixed expenses, right? That's going to be your mortgage, your insurance, if there's loan payments that you have, and there's variable expenses. Your groceries could vary. We certainly know that gas is varying because the cost keeps going up. And utilities, you know, those are some of the, the expenses that will vary month to month. But then there are those expenses that you, in, in my case, I feel like I need to have clothing, but that's probably more of a, it's nice to have. Um, or maybe you're going to birthday parties or someplace or anniversaries and you want to buy gifts or do entertainment. And then there's those annual expenses that you should also include into your budget, which would be things such as your property tax and car maintenance and um, school fees, charitable giving. So you want to have those built up. And while that may not be something that takes place every month, you want to deduct it every month or every pay period as you are developing your budget. And so we talked about the different ways that you can create the budget. There are online tools that you can use, budgeting worksheets, spreadsheets. There are accountants and software. You don't want to make it difficult because if it's difficult, you won't do it. But you do need to have some form of pen to paper. And so I used to be the person who budgeted in my mind many, many years ago. And then I bounced a check because <laughs> I budgeted in my mind. And I didn't know. I thought a check cleared and it didn't. So when you budget in your mind, you're liable to make mistakes like that. And I, again, I am a person who believes in being transparent and telling you real financial situations, and I have learned from those financial situations. And so when you create your budget, Empower can help. And so you can go to the Empower website, and when you go to the Empower website, you go into um, My Financial Path, and there's calculators, and the calculator there is the budget. And it's, you can do it electronically where you can input your information, or you can actually download it into a PDF if you want the pen to paper. So again, this is a tool that we do offer that is available to you. And however you create the budget, it doesn't matter the tool that you do. It just matters that you create the budget. And so when we think about what are some things that we need in a budget, we want to think about the fact that emergencies happen. How, have you, how many of you have ever had an unexpected expense? Yeah, yeah. That car engine light went on, right? <laughs> the dog has to have surgery now. The phone dropped, the kid goes to college, right? All these things that happen. And so what happens then if you don't have an emergency fund? What do you do? You use your credit card, right? And so it's easy to get caught in that trap of using your credit card and paying a minimum payment. Um, so it's kind of, it seems like the expense is manageable, but over time it ends up costing you more money. And so really you want to create what we call create a buffer between um, what you have today, your debt, and then how you actually can prepare and save for emergencies. So when you guys think about an emergency, how much money do you think you need to have for um, an emergency fund? Six months of, of expenses? OK. Yeah, so the, the rule of thumb is really to have six months. We used to say of income, three to six months of income, but it really is your expenses because that's what you need to cover if you are unemployed, right? And so here's a sample um, of a, a car repair. So someone does a car repair, it costs $1,200. If they use their credit card at 18%, paid it down over five years, they would have spent an extra $628.
And so when you think about five years, that seems manageable because you probably were blowing that money anyway. But if we can look at that $600 differently and say, what if I had that money towards my retirement, right? What if I had that in savings or could go on vacation instead of paying the credit card company? And so how do you do that? You got to take a little bit from each paycheck. So if you look at it and say, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take one month for the next six months. It's not doable, right? So if you don't have an emergency fund built up now, it's okay. We want you to start building one, but we want it to be manageable. So figure out how much of that money that you were blowing each month and take a portion of that. Maybe it's $50, maybe it's $100, and you start to put it in there. But then maybe you get an unexpected blessing. So instead of taking that unexpected blessing and going on vacation because you haven't saved for your emergency fund, maybe take the unexpected blessing and you put it in your emergency fund. Maybe you get a part-time job or a hobby of selling some items so that you can build up your emergency fund, right? So sometimes that it's not fun, but there are things that we have to do. Um, when I didn't have an emergency fund and I used to live off of credit cards, credit cards became unmanageable. And so we decided to cut back on things like I didn't get my nails done and that was really important to me. And I didn't do those luxury things for myself. I started doing them at home. We didn't go out to eat so that we could build that emergency fund. So sometimes it is not fun and it is a sacrifice, but I... I um, I firmly believe in uh, Dave Ramsey who says that today, if you live like no other, later you can live like no other, right? So make the sacrifices today so that later you can live like no other. And so those are just some ways to save. How many of you all have uh, some unique ways that you might want to share with the group on how you save for an emergency fund? Anyone? Change jar? Okay. So the Adventist Foundation? Okay, so I haven't heard of that one before. Have you all heard of the, say it again, the Adventist? Okay. So the Western Adventist Foundation has a way that you all can save for the emergency fund. Okay, but you got to have $50,000 to put in it. So that means you might have an emergency fund already. <laughs> you might have a little bit of emergency fund. So if you don't have the $50,000, I think somebody else had a hand raised back there. <laughs> what did you say? What was the other one? So that's the way that if you want to establish and get that money to grow once it's set up for you, okay? Perfect. So, um, again, we talked about, you know, what are some ways to do it? We talked about the budget, making sure you create the budget. Here's the other thing, making sure you pay more than the minimum amount. If you pay the minimum amount, you're going to be paying that forever. So, again, you've got to figure out what you can pay. And if you can't afford to pay it, then you probably shouldn't use the credit card for it, right? Right? 
That's kind of my logic on it. So we have to figure out if you are in debt, how do you dig yourself out of debt? And again, it is a painful process, but there are sacrifices that have to be made. So don't use your credit card. And if you know that you are prone to use your credit card, take your credit card out of your purse, or out of your wallet, so that if you are out and you are shopping, that you don't do that. And again, here's where I think that you um, have to be honest with yourself in personal experience. If I had the card, I'm an impulse buyer. If I see something, I want it, then I buy it. So I learned to take the card out, and I learned to, I used to shop on envelopes in my purse. I'd have three envelopes, and that's how I learned to shop. If it was gone, it was gone. And so I'm disciplined now, and I can put them in my purse and not react. But when I was younger, I had to train myself differently. So the hardest person to be honest with is yourself and what you're doing with your finances. You don't have to share it with me. You don't have to share it with anyone else, because sometimes it can be embarrassing, right? I mean, I'm telling you my life stories, but I've, I've been in this business for 27 years, and when I first started in this business, I was in debt. I was living paycheck to paycheck, not making it paycheck to paycheck, and I had to make some changes, and that it was painful. And I was getting up and telling people about their finances, and my finances were not in order, right? So that was a struggle, because I could tell you what to do, but I wasn't living it. And God convicted me of that, right? And I spent a lot of time in prayer. I spent a lot of time really focusing on being able to be better at my job and to be honest with people. And I, um, my presentations were all for corporate America, right? Healthcare and that type of thing. And then um, my big church client, Seventh-day Adventist, right? And so I uh, started coming to these presentations and was able to be honest and to talk about God and how I prayed for success in my job. And when you say that in healthcare, you know, people look at you kind of weird. But I could come here and say, you know what, I prayed for my job. I would go spend time with my pastor, and my pastor asked me, did I pray for my clients? Did I pray for my boss? Right? And so all of those things helped with my finances because it made me a better person. And it took away some of that stress. So Sometimes finances isn't about finances. It is about prayer. We know that we have an amazing God. We serve a God who can do anything. And so I have been out of financial situations only because of God and him having mercy on me. So pray over your finances. And sometimes we forget the basics. When my life is going crazy and things are going around, I look at what's going on. And like, did I say that prayer? Right? Did I get so comfortable in my job that I forgot to do the things that I did before, praying for my bosses, praying for you all, praying when I come out for um, presentation. And it's so funny. I work with Sam all the time. They'll say, oh, you're a great presenter. But I'm nervous before everyone. I have to spend time just praying and getting myself right because I want the right message to be, to be delivered. My, my dad was a pastor, and he said nobody was in the room by accident. Right? So this could seem like it's simple for you and that you already know this, but either you're going to be a blessing to somebody or I'm going to bless somebody. But somehow we were meant to be here together to talk about our finances and figure out what we can do. So that's my little sermon for today. We'll get back on it. But um, so I do believe in telling people because people think that you get up here and like, oh, yep, or things, things are well. No, I've been through some financial struggles. And um, so the things I'm telling you, I'm telling you based off of experience. So when we think about reducing debt, um, there's a couple of ways that you can do it. And the first thing that we tell you to think about, look at all of your debts. So here we've got three examples of credit card from furniture, and then um, the balances on there. And they show you the interest rate. And they're going to tell you 
to pay down the one with the highest interest rate first. Now, you know, do you know why that is? Yep, because you're going to have, because that one's going to create more expenses, right? So if you pay that one down, it's better. But if you're a person like me, that it didn't motivate me because it had the higher account balance and I didn't see anything. So while that is absolutely true, that in theory, if you are very structured, you pay down the one with the highest interest rate and the largest balance, you pay that one down first. If you need immediate gratification, and I am an immediate gratification person, remember I told you that earlier, I needed to pay down the lowest balance so I could see that there was a credit card gone, regardless of the interest rate. So the best way is to do it for the interest rate, but if that's gonna not motivate you and cause you to continue to use your credit card, then again, you know you, do what works best, and maybe it's paying down the smaller credit card first so you can see that one gone. But what you wanna do is a snowball effect, right? So in this case, you know, we look at the debt here, it's $11,000, the minimum payment is $215. So with interest, you're gonna be paying over $6,000 in um, interest, right? And again, we don't think about that in the long term, we think about it, or we don't think about it in the short term, but this is the long term effect. But if you start thinking about, let me pay an extra $100 on that credit card bill, now I'm gonna pay 315, right? And we're gonna put it towards the highest interest rate. And so we're able to pay that down and to reduce those payments by, by 26 months. And what ends up happening is that when we pay that off, we're gonna take that $200 and apply it towards the next credit card. So I'm always paying 315 a month. I don't put that other money in my pocket till all my debt is paid down. We call that the snowball effect. Does that make sense? Have any of you all ever tried that? It honestly works, right? And so um, if you are in a lot of debt and you have a lot of credit card debt, um, the other thing that you can look at doing, because you may be trying to build your credit, because a lot of times when you have a lot of debt, maybe you're struggling with your credit. And so the other thing that you can do is, hey, let's pay everything down to the 50% mark on the credit cards because ultimately you want to get it to 35% and below um, to have the best credit, but you want to start with 50% and then you start that snowball effect. So if it's twofold and you're trying to build your credit, that's just a little quick tip that kind of helps you there. So once you continue to pay down, what happens when you pay the second credit card off, now you're paying the third one off. And so now, again, that payment is building, and then when you've paid off that money, what are you gonna do with that $315? Save it, right? You're going to start putting that into your um, emergency fund, or maybe it goes into your retirement plan. Um, there are other things. So if one of those debts that you're paying off, for example, is a car, I always tell people, if you were paying a car payment, when your car is paid off, continue to make the car payment. Put that in your savings fund, and you can have multiple savings accounts. You all know that, right? So right now, I told my husband, he, he's worse than me, guys, with shopping, but so he wants a car. Great. Take the car payment that we had that's paid off, put it in the savings account. When you got enough money for a new car that you can go pay cash for, here you go, right? So just, you were already used to that expense, but what happens is that when we pay off the credit card or we pay off the car, we go and create more debt. We're like, oh, now I can get another, right? And so don't create more debt. Um, and I have also learned um, that delayed gratification actually feels better. So instead of being an impulse buyer, because remember I told you I take the credit cards out so we don't do that anymore, I think about it. Sometimes it's a year, sometimes I forget about it, so if I forgot about it, I didn't really need it, right? 
But if it's a year or something, if it's a major purchase and I still wanted it, then I save for that. That money is put aside. If it's still there, it was meant to be mine. If it's not, it wasn't meant to be mine. And now I've got money saved. So just little things that you can do. But the, the key is focusing on remaining debt-free, right? And that is certainly easier said than done, but we need to not only be debt-free, we need to teach our children how to be debt-free. We need to teach them how when they go to college to not have to take out all those student loans, to not have to take out the credit cards that are being offered to them because it sets them up for failure. When I was in college, I was met with credit cards. It set me up for failure. I had every single credit card, and when I couldn't afford to buy a gift for my family for a birthday or holiday, I used a credit card. Now, this is dating myself, because back then, I could return something from the credit card, get cash, and then pay my cards, right? I had a whole strategy now. I, I, I would buy a treadmill, return it, get the cash, and then pay my bills now. Now, when I bought the treadmill, I didn't know that they would call my mom when I returned it, because I think I may have returned it in her name, and um, she didn't understand what was going on. So my parents sat me down to talk about what I was doing for finances. And my dad, who's a pastor, he's a lot more <laughs> forgiving and loving. And he said, that was very smart. I understood what you were doing, right? You were borrowing from Peter to pay Paul, right? Doesn't make any sense because now it's caught up with you. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to get you out of debt. We're going to pay for this. I'm going to pay for your rent. You're going to finish college. I was ready to quit college because the bill collectors, they knew me by first name. Hey, Vanessa, how much can you put in your car, car note? This, this is bad, right? Because I was living out of my means because I was trying to please other people. I was buying nice gifts for my parents and I was in college. I couldn't afford that. So my dad was like, you know, I didn't use it anyway. Here, let's return this, right? Let's get your debt paid down. Have you finished college? Because that was important to him. And then we're going to get you on a plan. So sometimes somebody needs to throw a life vest to rescue you, right? And so when I look at my children, I think about the life vest that my dad threw me, which is why I'm a little bit more lenient on like, let's see how we can get you through school. So scholarships, tell your kids scholarships, right? Get good grades in high school, apply for scholarships. But I say that to say that remaining debt-free is not necessarily easy, and sometimes we have to do something, right? It comes up. I don't want you to feel guilty about it. We just want you to, okay, I had to use my credit card. Let me get back on track, right? Some of us use credit cards and then pay it off monthly because you get points or you get um, different things. So if that's you and, and you can do that, that's absolutely great. Just don't spend above your means. And also, um, the other thing I want to point out is that your credit card is not your emergency savings because some people think that. If I have an emergency, I can use my credit card. All right, so what about healthcare costs? Any of you all concerned about healthcare costs? It keeps going up, right? So if you go into the Empower website, we actually have a health cost estimator for you. And so we want to look at, you know, if you were in perfect health, how long do we expect you to live? When we um, talk as a company, they love hearing about the Adventist retirement plan. Right? We offer secure foundation, and you all have um, people who live into the 90s, right? And so they love hearing these stories, but there is a, a financial impact for healthcare, depending upon where you live and depending upon your health. So if you go into our healthcare estimator, we're going to ask you some questions. And again, this does not go to your employer. Your employer will never see this. 
they will never know anything about it, but you can talk about if there's any illnesses that you have, maybe it's high blood pressure or diabetic, and it, and it talks about what your expenses are going to be, right, and also your, your uh, lifespan, so you will know if you need to put more money in your retirement plan so that you have more money to pay for your health care expenses when you retire, And so when you look at the, the, the healthcare estimator, how many of you all have went into our website and used the healthcare estimator? So I do encourage you to do that because I think a lot of you said you are with the retirement um, plan to use that healthcare estimator. It is very factual and very accurate in what you're gonna need for retirement. So whether you are um, 25 or 55, you know, we know that you need to start looking at retirement income. And some of you will have Social Security. So I think I have a lot of pastors in here, right? And a lot of pastors, you are utilizing probably your housing allowance or parsonage allowance. And so some of you may not have any money for Social Security or going into Social Security. Is that, is that true? So, so this is what we hear. Um, I would encourage each of you, I'll do a sidebar note, to go to our booth, booth two. 220. Yeah, big booth that says Empower. And we actually have two of our certified financial planners here, and I'll talk about them a little later on. But I do encourage you as pastors to go and do a meet and greet, do that 20-minute session, and then spend some more time with them because we're going to talk about different ways that we can help you. Yes? The presentation is not available at the booth. But you can call us, and we're happy to come out and do this presentation for you. We can even do it virtually, or we can do it um, on-site. We're happy to do so. Yep. And so when we think about how much money does it, does it cost for you to retire, do you need 500000 Do you need a million? It really kind of depends. Maybe it's less than that, right? And so one of the things that we want to do is recommend that you spend some time with a financial advisor if you spend some time with a financial advisor, they're going to tell you what you need for you based on what you say your goals are. And it really helps you to kind of get a good look at your, your financial picture. So when you can think about, here are my goals, here's my income, here's my projected income. Because how many of you know what you anticipate on having when you retire based on your savings account? Do, can you project your income? So if you cannot project your income, yet another reason that you want to come and visit with either education counselors or our certified financial planners. So we can give you the tools to show you how to project your income. And one of the ways we can help is um, My Financial Path. So how many of you have visited My Financial Path on the website? So I am having internet challenges here. My, my computer doesn't want to help, so I won't be able to demo the website, but I want to talk about the website. Sam, where are we at for time? Okay, thank you. So let's talk about um, the My Financial Path. When you log into the Empower website, at the back table, I've got flyers. One of the flyers is how you can log in. Um, I believe that every person should log into their website, and here's the reason why. We have your data in the um, electronic world, right? And if you don't register your account, we have what we call bad actors. And bad actors go in and register your account. 
they take over your account and you don't know. So your information is out there, and the only way, the best way to secure your information is to register your account. So there is a flyer back there that shows you how to register your account. When you register your account, you're going to give us your email address. We're going to verify your address that we have on file, your social security number that we have, but you're going to set up a username and password. And when you set up a username and password and you give us as many email addresses as possible, as many phone numbers as possible, if someone tries to take a distribution from your account, if someone does activities on your account, we're going to send you notification. So you're going to get a text message from us. You're going to get an email message from us. And so you're going to know that there was activity in your account. If it's you, perfect. If it's not you, we give you an 800 number to call us so that we can make sure we stop that from happening. Empower has not had a breach. And this is, again, another side note. We have not had a breach. But we have had people's accounts compromised based on your behavior, right? And your behavior is, oh, I gave it to the cute little um, financial advisor. It's my girlfriend's son. Yep, he took advantage of you. I gave it to my grandson. Yeah, he took advantage of you. Or, or your child. So we have actually seen that happen, and we have actually seen that happen in your plan, where someone got a hold of information, and this guy was in Argentina, and he was coming back and cleaning out accounts in one of the, um, in one of the uh, groups there in Michigan. And so we had to actually get police involved. So when I tell you that registering your account is for your benefit, it is for your benefit so that we can protect you. But not only that, back to the presentation, is that you get to get access to these tools that are amazing and phenomenal and easy to use, right? And so one of the tools is the My Financial Path. And what it does is that when you log on to My Financial Path, what you're going to see is questionnaires, right? And it's going to ask you, do you want insight? Do you want information? And so you can click on these bars, and what we're going to do is show you insight. There are various topics that you can have. Maybe you want to learn about Roth IRA. Maybe you want to learn about investing. Maybe you want to learn about saving for college or 529 plans. We have all those topics that are there for you that are in presentations that are typically three to five minutes because we feel like your attention span will leave after that, right? So they are short nuggets that we can give you. We actually allow you to, um, if you have questions on student debt, and so we talk about ways that you can consolidate your student loans or services that are available for you, or maybe it's a student debt forgiveness program that's available. That's on the website. You want to know how to use the calculator I talked about. It's on the website. So all those things are right there under learning, and it's at your leisure in which you can do this. And so when we talk about the next step evaluator, the next step evaluator asks you a series of questions. Do you have credit card debt? Yes or no. Do you have student loan debt? Yes or no. Are you concerned um, about an emergency fund? So we ask you all these questions, and then based on how you answer the questions, we're going to tell you the next best steps to help get you prepared for retirement. Right? And it could be that maybe you need to lower the amount in your retirement plan and put more money towards your emergency fund. You know, maybe you need to, uh, we can tell you, how, work with a debt consolidator for credit cards. So there's all these tools that we're going to show you what you can do and provide you with clear next steps. How many of you would like to be able just to do that at, at, the, at your own time and your own pace? figure out what's next best, right? Or maybe you're doing it and you want to find out, am I doing the right thing? Am I on track? We're going to show you that as well. So in the Learning Center, you know, you have the ability to do on-demand videos. 
How many of you have went to our learning center? Great. I'm telling you guys, like, it, it seems like it's a lot of work, but once you get onto our app, you could spend five minutes there. You could spend five hours. It's up to you. There's so much information, and it's not overwhelming. We've spent a lot of time trying to figure out how do we make it simplistic for you to use um, without instructions so that you can get the tools that you need. So you click on budgeting, boom, here's the budgeting information, right? Um, and and it's, it's, it's easy to use there. Our calculators are designed to help improve your financial wellness. Right, so whether it's paying off your debt, um, we have one for financial planning where you can put in how much money you're saving, and we're going to show you how to spend down that money for retirement. And not only how to spend down the money for retirement based on what you say you need and your expenses, how long it's going to last, right? So you're going to know, is that money going to make it to 95? Is that money going to make it to 75? Because we're going to show you that information. And um, the retirement planner is one of the best tools that you can have. And if you're nervous about doing this, again, I encourage you all to go meet with our education counselors for 20 minutes. We can help you with the, the website. If you've never logged into the website, please go to the tech center first. And at the tech center, we're going to help you get a login ID. We can actually do that on your phone and show you how to log in, create a username and ID, get you set up, and then we'll have you meet with the education counselor. And the reason we want to do that is that when you spend that 20 minutes, we don't want you to spend five of that 20 minutes learning how to log into the website. We want you to have that tool already available for you. Um, we also have spending and saving calculators that you can do. So we talked about the emergency. You know, there's ways to manage your monthly budget that you can do that as well. And then um, when you do that, ultimately, we want to help you with your contributions to your retirement plan. So how many of you all know what your match is for the plan? So is it 5%? 3%? So we talk about do the seven, right? So you get 5%, which is a basic contribution. You contribute to the plan or not, you get 5%, right? If you contribute to your retirement plan, they will match your contribution up to 3%, right? So that's 8% that you can get from your employer. And so that's why they have you um, do seven, because 7% and 8% is 15%. That was kind of the goal that we thought about for our retirement. And that made sense two or three years ago, but now you really need to do more than 7%, right? Because the cost of inflation is going up, and so you want to uh, continue to do more. But you get 5% basic contribution, 3% match from your employer. You want to make sure that you're taking advantage of free money. And how many of you all like free money? So if you are not maxing out the match, you are missing out on free money. And then um, we do auto escalation. So if you are not doing 7%, then you get your um, every July, which is right about now, you will get a 1% increase. If you stop your contributions, we're going to restart you again. One of the things I love about this plan is that every year you have to opt out of increasing your contribution. And some of that, you may find that annoying. But the reason that we do that is because sometimes you opt out for a short term and you mean to go back in and you forget. And now three or four years have went by and you've missed an opportunity. So every year, the Adventist Retirement Plan really takes a lot of accountability in making sure that they restart you and making you opt out. Okay? So just in case you were wondering why. 
Again, I do encourage you to visit the My Financial Path and to visit the website. Um, some of the new things that are happening with the website is that we now have on our homepage. How many of you all said that you went to the website? Okay. So coming in July, there's going to be a new enhancement to the website, and it's going to show you your net worth, right? So at first, your net worth is going to be what you have in your retirement plan, but it's going to allow you to link accounts. So you can put in your banking information. You can put, <coughs> you can put in your mortgage. You can put in your credit card. So we're going to show you your assets, your liability, and your net worth. When you input all of that information in here, here's what's going to happen. You're going to check a box when you link your account. But the more information that you tell us, the better we can help you prepare for your financial future. You will get a call from Empower with someone who wants to assist you. You can tell them, yeah, don't call me anymore, or you can work with them on developing a plan for you. Um, I would say you can tell them you're not interested because you all actually have dedicated certified financial planners, and I would prefer that you use the dedicated certified financial planners than someone else from Empower. And the reason being is that your certified financial planners are familiar with the goals and the beliefs of the Adventist retirement plan. And so they can help you. Um, your financial planners are Wendy and Diana. They are actually on site. Some of you, have any of you all met with them while they've been here? Okay, they are here. They have appointments available um, tomorrow, today and tomorrow. So if you go to booth 220, just look for Empower. Um, you can go ahead and schedule an appointment with them. And they're going to walk you through everything that you need in depth. And if they can't get through it, which they more than likely won't, they're going to set up a follow-up appointment with you. So when you think about um, some of the tools that we have available, the other tool that we have available is My Total Retirement. How many of you utilize My Total Retirement or are familiar with that? Okay, so my total retirement is really getting financial advice where we are managing the investments for you on your behalf. And so this allows you to have personalized, it's simple. Um, if you said, I just want to put my money in and forget about it, I don't care about the investments, I just want to know that here's my retirement goal, and when I retire, I'm able to meet my goal. They're going to diversify your portfolio for you. They're going to send you out an annual report card to let you know how they're doing. They rebalance it on a quarterly basis. This is true financial advice. And the reason that we offer is because we know that sometimes people want a financial advisor to choose their investment options for them. And if we can help you while you are retiring at a fraction of the cost if you were doing it on your own, you're going to be better prepared. So that's what you're going to have with my total retirement. So as I mentioned again, the new website is coming um, July. And really, again, it's meant to make you um, more prepared for retirement in all aspects of finances. Our, our website, the new website is coming, is phenomenal. And there's no other way to describe it. If you input information, it is really going to help you at your pace, at your level. So I do encourage you all to do that. On the back table, you're going to have that information. And so here's our information here. We're here to help you. So if you've got questions or need assistance, feel free to give us a call. If you can't stop by the table, I do encourage you to stop by the table. I did bring some goodies at the back of the table. So please take a flyer. It tells you how to register your account. 
I, I have goodies in the bag, so if the stuff is off the table, please take the goodies or stop by. We have more than enough. There's screen savers or screen cleaners back there, and I know this sounds crazy, but if you all don't take them, then we're going to dispose of them because we can't do anything else with them. And so take them back to your coworkers. Um, and if they run out there, we've got boxes at our booth, so stop by and see us. So there's ink pens and screen cleaners back there as well. So I'll open it up. Are there any questions that you all have? that I can address? Yep, so the question is, should you take your income tax return and put it in your emergency fund? Absolutely. That's a great way to help build that up. Yes? Sure. So the question is if your spouse doesn't have a retirement plan, right? So if your spouse doesn't have a retirement plan, but they are employed, then you could increase your contributions, right, to help offset that. They could also set up an IRA that they could do as well. So the, the IRA allows um, people to save money at a bank, or through a financial institution that they can put away for retirement. Yep. Other questions? Well, if there are no other questions, I thank you for your time. I'm here if you've got some questions that you want to ask personally. Again, stop by our booth for Empower Retirement. Please make sure you meet with our education counselors or meet your certified financial planner to get you started on your track to financial wellness and financial freedom. Thank you.